1: My name is Tanya Friedman, and I'm the chief operating officer of Kinetics USA. We help healthcare organizations and nurses by bringing in internationally educated nurses, and we focus specifically on direct hire. I'm so excited today to welcome our panel. We have two nurses, uh, Marie and Job, are joining us. Hi, Marie. Hi, Job. <laughs> welcome. And we also have two experts. We have Adina, who is new to the show.
2: Hi, Adina, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me.
1: And we also have Blair, who is not new to the show. So welcome, Blair, we're excited to have you here.
3: Thank
1: you. Um, so today we are going to be speaking about budgeting. Uh, we are going to be speaking about money. Many international nurses come to the U.S. Uh, for opportunity, but also to earn good salary, to earn a good money so that you can live a great lifestyle, you can accomplish a lot of the things that you want to do in in life, also to save money and to send money back home. So budgeting is a really important topic and we are really excited to get started and talk about that today. We're going to be talking about three main phases. When nurses come to the U.S., there are three main phases that occur. The first is the arrival phase, Uh, That is when nurses arrive in the U.S., usually doing the happy dance, happy, happy, um, and uh, what happens at that that stage in terms of budgeting. The second stage we're going to talk about is the survival stage. This is when you have to set things up. There are a lot of additional expenses, such as getting an apartment, buying a car. And then the third stage that we're going to talk about is the stability and growth stage and how to... Um, how to get yourself established, how, to, um, how to, to grow your finances and to flourish in the US. Okay, so let's get started. To the, to the panel, Marie and Job, do you want to give us a little background about yourselves and tell us, you know, how long, what, what kind of nursing you do and how long you have been in the US? Go ahead, Marie, first.
4: Ladies first. Yes, thank you, Miss Tanya. Hello, good morning and good evening to everybody all over the world. My name is Marie. I work in the emergency room at one of the hospitals here in Orlando. And um, I just got here in the U.S. last June, so like barely three to four months. And uh, so far, so good here. Yeah.
1: Okay, thank you, Marie. So, and thank you for sharing, both Marie and Joe. We know that it can be kind of scary to come into a live Mm -hmm. forum and speak to thousands of people. (laughs) Um, So, we really commend you to being brave and thank you for coming on and sharing your story. Joe, what about you?
5: Hello, everyone. Good day and welcome to the USA, Marie. Uh, We're we're (laughs) glad to have you here. Yes. And on my part, I have like a total of 10 years nursing experience, six years in the Philippines and four years here in the United States. I landed here in Missoula, Montana last January 2018. So about four years now I've been here in the US. Majority of my experience is post-acute care and population health. And currently I work in a leading health insurance company as a care manager. And what we do is that we optimize the health of our members and give value to the healthcare.
1: Okay. Thank you, Jo. And I think it's going to be really interesting to hear your perspective because you are already in the stability and growth phase and Marie is in that survival phase. She's (laughs) she's just arrived. Lots to, to take care of. Okay. Let's introduce the experts. I'm going to start with Adina, who's new to the show. Adina, do you want to maybe tell us a little bit about yourself and your background?
2: Sure, and thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and meet this community. So, I'm Adine Applebaum. I am an immigration attorney, and I'm also the co creator and co founder of Immigrant Finance, which I founded with my husband, Mauricio, who is an immigrant from Ecuador. He came eight years ago, and we created it because we struggled a lot financially when he moved here, and there was really no information we could find on the internet or in any of the personal finance books about what immigrants could do and not do. So um, we've tried to solve that problem, created resources to help people going through that. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Adina.
1: And I think Adina is gonna be a great resource to the show because having her husband having coming from that immigration and immigrant perspective, I think it's so true and so valid. And Job and Marie, you'll probably relate to this. When you come to the US, there's really no information about how to set yourself up financially and how to then, once you get to the stability phase, how to flourish and grow at that stage. So we're really excited to hear your viewpoint, Adina, and really help nurses to understand how to move forward. Because yesterday when we did the, the pre-show, Job was saying that, um what did you say, Job, that you wanted to be, when you arrived here, you thought you were going to be a rock star? Tell everybody what you said.
5: <laughs> I thought that on my first few months here in the u.s i'll be a rock star and be like a celebrity spending money all the way but <laughs> after a few months i realized that cannot be probably it might take a few more years like 10 years to be able to get <laughs> that level but it's possible though it's possible <laughs> yeah, exactly
2: it's expensive and people back home think like the roads are paved in gold here they don't know how especially in a city how expensive it is yeah
1: yeah so it it really is the expectations that you have. And that's where I think it's really important to keep those different phases, the, the graphic that we showed a few minutes ago, that when you arrive here, there's certain things you encounter from a money perspective when you arrive. And it's different when you move into the survival mode, which is where Marie is now. And then it's different again, when you're in the stability and the, the growth stage, which is where Job is right now. Um, I'd like to welcome Blair. If anybody has not seen you before, um, please go ahead and uh, give us a little background about yourself.
3: Sure. Uh, my name is Blair Blanchard. I am the Community Development Officer for Advantral Federal Credit Union. I am located in the most southern part of Louisiana that you can find. Um, uh, but we are headquartered in Dallas, Texas, and have locations along that uh coast pipeline. Um, we are here to, you know, educate you guys and give you guys options on different programs um, from budgeting to credit scoring, um, auto buying, anything that we have. Uh, we have a specific program for people in your situation and um, I'm excited to be back.
1: Thank you. Okay. And um, so Adina and Blair, I'm going to put this question to you. What actually does budgeting mean? First question and second question. So Dina, you can maybe ask and answer that question. And Blair, why is it important?
2: Go ahead, Dina. Oh, good question. So what does it mean? Um, it's hard for me to not say why it's important, too. <laughs> but it for me, it means like taking control of your life and being able to plan where every dollar is going, giving every dollar a purpose. A lot of times when we hear about budgeting, we think it means punishing yourself or restricting yourself. I don't believe in that type of budgeting. I don't think that type of budgeting works. So for me, it's more about getting really clear on your goals and building a system around that, making sure you have some money to enjoy life now because you all work hard. And if you don't, it won't be sustainable. It's like a a diet. If you do a crash diet, that you're just suffering all the time, you're not going to stick to it. Um, so I, I really love budgets as just a way to be able to empower yourself. Oh,
1: I love that. I think that's a great analogy and to to liken it to a diet because yes, we can all relate that um, if you starve yourself, you're not gonna you're not gonna feel satisfied. You're not gonna be happy, and it's really about setting realistic goals. And expectations and educating and empower, empowering. That's a good word, empowering yourself.
2: Yeah. And one more analogy I like to think of is meditation. If anyone said meditation, it's really about just becoming more self aware and like knowing what your spending habits are. You know, when do you tend to spend more when you're feeling emotional? You know, just getting more in tune with yourself. Oh, okay, good. Lair, why is budgeting important?
3: Um... The most important motivation for budgeting oftentimes is to increase your savings, which gives you that stability and that peace of mind. Um, it's important because there are so many factors um, that contribute to this, things that you may not even think of. So uh, social media influence is a huge factor in budgeting. Um, our cashless society that a lot of places are shifting over towards shifts in employment, um, outsized expenses, which, you know, home, college. Um, these expenses are growing faster than income. So it's allowing people to assume more debt and it it, it can just be a, a downfall. Um, And then everybody has their financial goals. So all of those things influence budgeting and it's kind of an outline as to how you want to live your lifestyle versus how you should. Living within your means and making sure that you are putting your money where you will get the most of it um, in the end game.
1: Okay, so really, really important, and I think it, it's important to set the expectations because many nurses, as Job said, when they arrive here, they arrive on on U.S. soil and they like doing the happy dance, and I've tried worked so hard to get to the stage, and I'm here now, and and there's often the expectation that things are just going to be great financially from day one, which is not usually the case. So. <laughs> So let's start with the nurses. Let's talk a little bit about that arrival stage. Okay. So tell us, um, Marie and Job, how long did it take before you started getting a paycheck? Because that's another miss. Uh, misconception. People think that they arrive here and they arrive, they start working right away, and they're going to get a paycheck right away. So maybe you can share with everybody who's listening, how long did it take when you arrived before you started getting a paycheck? And also, I know it's a personal question, but if maybe you can share with people how much money you brought with you, and if that was enough for that initial arrival stage. Marie, let's start with you.
4: Um, For the paycheck, like... I started um, my orientation like first week of July, and then since the the, the salary period here it's like every Friday and ev- every two weeks. I'm I missed that first week, and and yeah, so I have to wait for another two weeks to be to to get paid. So it's like three weeks more or less for me to receive my first paycheck.
1: Okay, so, so then.
4: That- Yes, within the time you really have to uh, live within your means because you really have nothing at all. Like, uh, you still have to receive something, but you don't know, like, how much you know your rate, but uh, what extras are they gonna give you? you? You don't know, so you just have to live within that amount of money that you're really expecting, and uh, it's for me, on my part, it's not really that difficult because I have a family support. I have my family here, uh, one way or the other. They help me, uh, um, like for some of my finances, they help me on that part. But uh, like for gas or a little grocery, but for most most of the part, it's really uh, on me. So that's and, it. So you had family living
1: in the US that was helping you.
4: Yes, I already have my sister here. so my sisters are here, so um, uh, it was really not difficult on my part to adjust, like financially. Although I'm, um, I'm hesitant to ask from them, of course. Uh, although they're your family, it's really uh, different when you have your own. When you get something out of your pocket to buy things from your own, so um, but that just made. It a little bit easier for me mm-hmm. having a family here. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a little blessed on that part.
1: Yes, Marie, you are definitely blessed because not everybody has the comfort of having that thought that if something goes wrong or you have a surprise expense that you've got family there that are able to step in and help you, you know, if, yeah. if you need to. So you, that is a blessing to have had that. True. Yeah. yeah. How how much money do you think it is advisable for nurses to bring with them? And and I know this is a sensitive question, but it's an important question. Because many nurses have no idea how much money they should bring with them when they come to the U.S., how much they should be saving.
4: um, For a single, maybe if you're single, $2,000 would be enough. But if you've got family, I brought with me my two kids and my two dogs. So probably you have to have... uh, like four or five thousand dollars, I mean, for a startup
1: for a startup. Okay. Joe, what are your thoughts on that?:
5: No: yeah, problem. Very similar with Marie. Um, it took about 14 days or two weeks before we get, or I get my first paycheck. And I don't recommend any specific amount, but in my personal experience, I have like 200 dollars and in my pocket, a big luggage and a dream when I arrived here in the U, in US soil, uh, the company gave us like $800 bonus for us to spend on a startup for the first two weeks. On the other hand, I gave the $800 to my brother so that he can also um, kick off his NCLEX and Canada journey. And when I arrived here in the US, um, the company gave us a like a promissory or like a loan without interest for for um, up to $1,000. So I took advantage of that, take the loan because it's zero interest, and I made that as a leverage or as a like an emergency startup for my emergency fund, just in case I need something to buy or spend in a em- true emergency, like for example, hospitalization or what, then I will be able to um trickle that um fund.
4: Okay.
1: So a little bit different to Marie, but um also you know you you were you were able to have some money here and, and, and came with and not a lot when you arrived with that big dream, Job, <laughs> of becoming a rock
0: star. We'll be back with the conversation in just a second. There's a wonderful opportunity for you. Kinetics USA is currently recruiting registered nurses from all over the world to work in healthcare facilities here in the USA. If you are interested, please apply at kineticsusa.com application. That's kineticsusa.com forward slash application on with the show.
1: The, the thing that's actually interesting about what you're speaking about is most nurses, I mean, we bring through thousands of nurses um, to the US and I can tell you that to start working in three weeks is really quick. Most nurses these days aren't able to, to start working that quickly. And, and the pandemic has definitely been another layer of complexity on that because sometimes we find that the social security cards don't arrive if the, the nurses have applied for it at the DS260 stage, or um, there's some other, you know, maybe they have to, the nurses have to get a license. I know, Marie, you're working in Florida, so the Florida board is actually not that difficult to navigate, but there's some other boards, for example, like California, which take a long time to get the California board. So three weeks is actually very, very short. Um, Adina and Blair, what advice would you have for nurses in the arrival stage? Uh, if they are coming with, and they and they're probably going to have a longer time before they get their before they get their first paycheck. Adina,
2: yeah, I think the key is going to be really focusing on your minimizing your expenses and reducing spending just for that period while you're waiting for that. Those paychecks to come in. So there's a lot of things you can do to reduce expenses. Um, The largest expense for most people in the U.S. is for housing. So for rent um, or mortgage, if you bought a a property. So something you can do to lower that cost is move farther outside of a city. It tends to be very expensive in a city in the U.S., you can take roommates on, um, you know, to help lower the costs every month and you can live with family or friends. Um, so don't be shy. I think that's great. You know how Marie mentioned reaching out to family for help. Like there's reason we have support in, in life for times like this, you know, and so if you know someone or, you know, someone who knows someone, you might be willing to let you stay with them for a couple of weeks so that you don't have to pay rent that could make a huge difference in your budget. And then in terms of other expenses besides rent, mortgage, um, food is also a really big expense in the US. So trying to make sure um, you meal prep so that you make your meals at home to spend less instead of buying food out at restaurants. You can go to low cost groceries to reduce expenses. It depends where you live, but there's places like Trader Joe's or Costco where they have really healthy food that's that's low cost or Aldi's um, those tend to be the two big ones and then maybe holding off on those extra expenses until you're able to like getting expenses for entertainment like Netflix you know um, you probably will need to get a phone and wi-fi set up so budget for that as well okay
1: Thanks, Adina. So really keeping your expenses as low as possible. I think that's really good advice because, I mean, over the years, I've seen so many nurses come here and they're so excited to be here in their first few weeks that they go out and start spending. You know, everything looks very shiny and exciting and there's so much to see and you've waited so long to get here and it's human nature that we want instant gratification and we want to yeah. show everybody back home, what you know, how we... You know, how are we progressing and buying a fancy car and all of those things? So keeping the expenses low, I think, is really great advice. Lay anything to add to that in that arrival phase before you get a paycheck?
3: Um, I think that, you know, she summed it up really well. The most important thing is to identify the expenses that are a necessity And then um, budget around those until you have a consistent and steady income. So like she said, you know, whether it's a phone and Wi-Fi or living expenses, make sure you know what needs to be paid. And then ultimately set yourself up for uh, expanding on that budget to be able to save. Um, I personally, in this situation, would recommend a zero-based budgeting method where every single dollar that you get allocated to an expense, whether it's, you know, that that $1,000 emergency savings fund is a great idea. Um, And then taking your money and saying, you know, this amount I'm going to put towards rent, this amount I'm going to put towards insurance, this amount, and make sure that every dollar from the beginning is allocated either in a savings category or to an expense. That way you're maximizing the most out of your income.
1: Okay, so writing it all down in terms of the expenses, et cetera, is gonna be really important. And we're gonna talk a little bit more about that. Thank you for raising that, Blair. And um, I, I have a few questions from some of the nurses that have been sending me uh, questions. Did you exchange this money into dollars when you were, when you were coming to the, the country? Or how, what form did you bring the, the money in? Was it in cash? Was it in traveler's checks? What, did you have a credit card? Tell us a little bit about, about that. Joe, let's start with you t- first.
5: <laughs> yeah, I have a great experience about that. So thank you for that question. Yeah. So, uh, that $200 that I have that came from a sister, uh, from, she was there in Maryland, USA by that time. So she, she remits the money to a local remittance center. So I withdraw the cash in pesos. Okay. So a few days, um, few days closer to my flight to the US, I want to exchange that, uh, Philippine peso to dollars. So I went to a, a major bank in Cebu city. And asked the teller there that, can you can you exchange my Philippine pesos to dollars? Unfortunately, they declined me because I don't have any banking relationship with them. So that's one issue with, oh, wow. with currencies. On uh, the other hand, it's like in a whisper like form, she informed me that you might go down the street and then find a Forex, foreign exchange booth there and have your dollars exchanged. But it's not for a better deal. It's just, it seems like that, you know, it's a, it's a lower deal for me. But then I got my dollars, uh, my Philippine peso exchanged to dollars. So that's what I brought here in the United States, the $200 in cash, in fiat okay.
2: currency. <laughs> okay.
1: And that's a little, I mean, it's it's good to have the cash because it kind of feels, um, you know, it, 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 you feel like you've got it in your hand, but it's also a little scary because, you know, if somebody like robbed you or you lost it or something, I mean, it would it would be, you'd be stranded, right? Yeah. So, So Marie, what about you? How did you bring the money?
4: Uh, I brought with me dollars because I'm afraid I couldn't exchange my peso here in the U.S. Uh, knowing the value of peso versus the U.S., so I might as well bring dollars. And then uh, with 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 that dollar, I know it it wouldn't be enough for a month because I was uh, my expectation was to have it for a month at least. Uh, that would be enough for me. But so like. I have to travel from Manila to Qatar, Qatar to US and there we, we have stuff over and I couldn't stop using my dollars because I need to eat, I need to buy something from the from the that was Yeah, so like minus, minus I keep a list, so okay. it's like less less this dollar, less, oh my god, it's 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 uh like my dollar is that already whole. It's like missing piece by piece it gets less so <laughs> uh fortunately I have a pickup from from the airport so I don't have to spend for the transportation and then uh maybe because I'm from the Philippines I used to have a list that's what like Blair said I really have a list of what to pay for this month for this week so uh um that list really helped me a lot in um in uh having my uh Buy on with me for at least a month before my paycheck arrived. Okay. So that's that's really um, good feedback for
1: anybody who's listening is to write it down. And as you're speaking, Marie, I'm just thinking of my own experience. When I came to America 21 years ago, I did exactly the same thing. My husband was already in the U.S., he would come a few months before me, and then I arrived here with my, my kids that were two little children then, um, and I remember watching the amount going down, and I remember that feeling of feeling just like such fear and such anxiety because it, it just felt so scary to see that money coming down, and, and I, I had to eat. I had to feed my children. You know, it wasn't something that was like a, a luxury. It, it was a necessity. But writing it down, I think, is is definitely helpful. Um, When you arrived here, do you think you brought enough money? Did you have to transfer
4: money from home? Um, I really don't have to do a transfer from home. Um, I know it wasn't enough, but as I've said before, I've got family here, so uh, even $100 help really, for me, it was already a lot. Uh, And then um, I just have to uh, maximise, every centavo that you have and like for gas, for food, you know, you really can't uh, avoid going to the grocery like every two weeks. So you really have to do that. And then you have kids to feed. So um, even going to the grocery, you really have to have a list. You just, you don't pick this, pick this and pick that and pick that. So uh, everything is like systematically, listed so you know what to buy and what not to buy
1: yeah and i see job is nodding his head as you're speaking job (laughs) anything to add
5: (laughs) absolutely marie listing our expenses before we buy it's a great thing and before you buy your groceries, make sure that you have eaten because you know, the, yeah. if you're hungry, you're going to That's have a have very more.
1: important tip. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because otherwise you go in
4: and you just want to buy everything that's in right. sight.
1: <laughs> okay.
4: And uh, Adina or Blair, any is new here, like everything in the grocery is really delicious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, and everything also
1: looks confusing in the groceries because when I came yeah. from South Africa, you, the products are not the same. Even like the, the kind of fish that they have, the kind of meats that they have are not the same. You know, everything is is different. Does a credit card obtained in the Philippines is accepted in the US buying some stuff? Adino or Blair, do you know the answer to that question? Or maybe Job and Marie know.
5: I have an experience with that. Okay. So, Aside from my $200, I have a credit card from a major bank from the U.S. So that is my backup. It's like about 20,000 pesos or about $400 in credit line. So I actually, when, when we lay over in Japan, I actually used that credit card and it worked.
4: Oh, good. (laughs) You sound like you were
1: surprised when it worked.
5: (laughs) The anxiety of like the $200 dwindling down, like Marie said and Tanya said, uh, it's quite a relief for me that I had that backup credit card. So, and when I arrived in the US, uh, I was fortunate that I was able to use that credit card again. So I don't know if that worked. But uh, over the years, I tried to use that credit card again and still it worked. So I can still order... um, stuff here in the us like amazon using a philippine credit card
2: okay
4: so that's good to know marie did you bring a credit card yes i i do have but i wasn't able to use it okay i right. paid so, in cash and then that's why i, I was listing everything down <laughs> all right okay so that's good that you didn't have to to
1: use it adina or blair i'm not i'm just curious do you know if, if you bring an overseas credit card to the U.S., if you have to notify the bank overseas that you're going to be using it in the U.S., because I know, for instance, living here in America, if you're going to use a credit card overseas, you need to notify the bank to tell them beforehand that you're going to be using it overseas.
3: Yes, absolutely. Um, any financial institution with a fraud department will um, most likely flag those expenses. Um, so it's always best to notify your bank um, and also set up for alerts um, so that you can get a text message saying or a phone call saying hi you know somebody's using your card at Target um, for this amount of money is that you and you can confirm yes and it'll allow them out to go through um, or you can say no and protect yourself from any uh, any fraudulent activity. Okay
1: all right so that's good to know you're bringing a credit card.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Nursing in America. Part two will be available next week, so make sure you hit the follow button and come back to join us then. If you enjoyed the episode, please help us and leave a review. Kinetics USA is currently recruiting registered nurses internationally. We offer direct hire, which means healthcare facilities will directly sponsor and hire you to work here in the USA. If you're interested, please apply at kineticsusa.com application. That's kineticsusa.com forward slash application. You can find the link in the show notes.